so on today's episode, I am joined by a fellow marketer. Uh, a we kind of we kind of decided that Amy doesn't have a real kind of job title. I don't think many of us do, do we? So uh, Amy is the lovely lady behind Mango and Wild. I've said that. I got that right. Yeah, right. that is all right. That's thank correct. <laughs> oh, honestly, my brain is not here. Welcome to the podcast, Amy. How are you? That's good, thank you. Yeah, and um, in regards to titles, definitely not a title person. Um, although I did go to a business event yesterday and I think I summed myself up, self up as marketing strategist and digital marketing. So... <laughs> I mean, that kind of works, doesn't it? But yeah. titles always make you feel like you're kind of put into a box, don't they? It is. And it is that thing of like, I feel like if I say I just do this, I can't, yeah, I can't get out of that. I can't caveat it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before we jump into the episode, which I'm super excited about, because I think it is very much needed to be talked about, uh, with every guest that I have on the podcast, I like to challenge them to introduce themselves and get out of that box and that you know, that title, uh, introduce themselves as a person, as a human being, because we're so much more than our jobs. And to add a little bit of spice to it, to challenge them to do it in 30 seconds or less. And if you go over the 30 seconds, all that I ask is that you make a small donation to the charity Mind. Do you think you can do it? Definitely not. I'm a rambler. (laughs) Um, So no, I probably can't. But I'm up for charity. So that's all good. I mean, at least you're aware of it. I did exactly the same thing. I was like, no, I absolutely cannot. But let's do it anyway. (laughs) We'll see how long it lasts. Right, I've got my stopwatch. So I'll count you in. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Cool. Um, Well, see, rambling already. I guess that's one great thing about me. I do love a ramble. Um, My life is chaotic and busy. Um... Think of You've Been Framed, and that's probably a reincarnation of my life with nutty horses trying to kill me, crazy dogs that are my fur babies. But yeah, that's probably me. So if you ever look at a funny You've Been Framed video, that is me. Um, Other than that, yeah, like I say, um, horse crazy, do lots of horse riding, in the midst of renovating a house that ended up just being one wall, so that's fun. Um, and otherwise I, yeah, background, did childcare, equine sports massage. Um, that's about it. I think that's about the fun stuff of me. I mean, it was 55 seconds. It wasn't too bad. (laughs) To be fair, my head as I started talking, I was like, right, I know I can ramble, but I I probably shouldn't ramble for like hours on end. But it's actually really interesting, isn't it? That when somebody asks you about yourself, you kind of go, oh, I don't know. I know. It is that thing of like, it is like, I feel like I need some bullet points because I feel like once I start, I'm like, well, I know (laughs) loads of stuff. I do loads of stuff, but I don't know. What do people want to know about stuff? I mean, we had a chat before, uh, obviously, when I kind of asked you to be on the podcast and we had a bit of a Zoom call, didn't we? Yeah. And I, I'm not going to lie, I don't I don't envy your life. Planning a wedding, renovating yeah. a house. Yeah. Why? Why would you do it to yourself? I don't know. Clearly, <laughs> it's like, like a challenge of doing all the big things at once. I think after like the next two years, I'm probably going to sit down and be like, I'm really bored now. I've done everything. What do I do? <laughs> What's next? 
properly start another business or something. Oh God, don't don't do it. Don't buy a second house to renovate again. Cool. So now that we know you a, a bit more as a person, tell us what you do for a living, uh, how you help people, and let's get into today's conversation. Yeah. So, like I said, titles is probably the only way I can sum it up is strategic marketing and supporting business owners in digital marketing. Um, the core ways of helping people is through consultancy, helping people learn marketing in a simple way so they can apply it to their own businesses or outsourcing and doing it for them. And that is literally, like I say, anything from helping with strategy through to SEO, content writing and so forth. Um, Amazing. So, yeah. Amazing. All rounder. And I think, you know, what's your background? Are you kind of ex-corporate? Yes, ex-corporate. So background has been um, working for, you know, medium to large size businesses. Um, Yeah. And there's always that that kind of like that weird point, isn't there? Because I feel like there's so... The generalisation is that we all do that. We all go corporate and then get fed up of it so we work for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but but the mix, the the kind of the switchover is, is always really quite hard, isn't it? Because it's like you're almost corporately conditioned to certain things and sometimes that just does not apply to small businesses. It is. Like there's so many things when I guess I started or first got clients I was doing and I was like, this is so serious. I'm being too serious. And... That's what I wanted to go away from is that seriousness of like, you know, how people make marketing feel, for example, when you work with large marketing companies, for example. Um, So, yeah, I wanted to go away from that, but I'm still writing emails like, good morning, madam. (laughs) (laughs) Dear sirs, kind regards. Uh, luckily I've fallen out of that I've definitely yeah, thanks Amy at the end cheers thanks so much <laughs> and so one of the things that I think I've personally found because I think we're, we're quite similar in that yeah. sense you know we do have a corporate background and I think you're absolutely right in that there's so much to working in a bigger business that kind of smaller businesses either don't consider or know about because we don't know what we don't know do we so yeah. And one of those things, I think, when we had our pre-chat was the word that I've kind of grown to hate Mm. because I understand, I get it, obviously, but I think so many people use it interchangeably and incorrectly, and that is the word strategy. So, you know, from your point of view, and I I feel like this actually could be quite a good conversation because I like playing devil's advocate and I like kind of going, well, what does that mean? Even though I feel like I know what I'm talking about. Um... So, you know, from your point of view, let's ask the bro, what does strategy mean? What is a strategy and a marketing strategy, obviously? Um, and kind of where's that? Why is it kind of missing from small business businesses when big businesses are always talking about it? Um, I guess it's just like you say, I think when you're a small business, you feel so overwhelmed at everything you have to do. You just kind of you kind of go with what everyone else does and then you just kind of tick along and you don't you're kind of thinking oh this is working but this stuff's not working and again you see this big word strategy and you're like nah I don't know what that is don't feel like I need that it is such an overwhelming word it is and that's why like at the start when I was like you know I'm kind of marketing strategist and digital marketing I don't like that because I 
the word strategist just icks me out, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, but I guess the way I could sum up a strategy is it's a business plan. It's what you want, basically, from your business, from you. Um, and yeah, that's all it is. It's just it's all the stuff I guess you already are doing and you know, but it's pitting it into a plan to say that you, you know, you want to get from X to Y or so forth. Um, so yeah, I don't know why we don't just call it a business plan, to be honest with you. Business plan sounds much more. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think my kind of understanding and how I would put together a strategy for somebody else is, it is slightly different to a business plan, but I think yeah. in terms of simplifying, it it's all the... I think you're right in that it is all the things that you're probably doing. It's just... I tend to find that the majority of small business owners that I work with just get stuck in this hamster wheel. Yeah. And it's the day-to-day of, oh, you know, I've got a post on Instagram. And I don't think a lot of people realise that that posting on Instagram is a tactic. It, yes. It there's there's kind of a step above that which is a strategy and you can't really make a strategy and you can't put it on paper unless you know what you're aiming for so in my world I kind of go well what's the goal yeah the the strategy is how we're going to get there and the tactics are the things we've got to do to to you know put the strategy into play Yeah. yeah exactly that it is that like I say I guess why I say putting like your plan down on paper it is that thing of saying to yourself what do I want from this business and then making how am I going to make this happen what do I need to do to make this happen you know if for example you're working full-time but you maybe want to have a be self-employed and become part-time and not no longer have your full-time job what do you need to put in place to in order to do that what what's the stuff that you need to do to get there and it it can feel so I think we I think the word overwhelming is probably I'm gonna say it more times than I'd care to admit during this. But it, it can seem really overwhelming because you kind of I always I don't know about you, but the challenge I kind of get is always like, well, I don't know. I don't I don't know what I need to do. And it's kind of that that's kind of the point, isn't it? That's kind of the point of taking a step back. And it might feel really counterintuitive to kind of have to stop doing the day-to-day stuff yeah. in order to go and go and write it down on paper as to an actual logical plan. But there's so much that goes into it, isn't it? And I think when we had our kind of pre-chat, we talked a lot about um, what we tend to find people miss a lot out on. So what would you say from your client base and previous clients and all your work that the kind of the common things that people don't consider or don't do? One big thing I would say is target audience. We kind of you know, create a business, but, and I think it is that hamster wheel, you're just ticking along, you know, you may be, for example, get an engagement on Instagram, you may be having a couple of people contact you, and you're just saying yes to those people, because you're thinking, great, the people want to work with me, I'm, I'm getting business, but it is that thing of people just, I don't know, I think it's maybe that people in business, and I know for myself, when I, you know, started my business personally I always maybe never felt quite satisfied like like you say you're you're rolling along but feel like something's missing or you know you work with amazing people and you know they're great but equally at the same time you work with that person you're thinking oh I don't know they're still not you know 
what I'm quite yeah, wanting something or missing. something's missing. And it is that target audience. It's, you know, understanding, okay, you're the business. This is what you're doing. This is what you're selling. But who's it actually for? Who are you there to help? So, okay, from the pro, how does somebody go from the point of um, just being stuck in that hamster wheel, just, you know, serving anybody that turns up, <laughs> service-based, product-based, whether it's, you know, because I, I personally, I don't, actually, let's check this. Do you have a particular kind of business that you work with specifically or not so much? There is some that I would prefer to work with. Um but not specifically. No, I'm not narrowed down to, you know, I guess I'm not, as they say, niched down to specifics. <laughs> so I predominantly work with product-based businesses because it's just it's just my thing. It's every corporate business I worked in was a product-based business. I was always selling a physical item. And so that for me, it's just it's just easier in my yeah. in my head. But it's not to say that I would never work. I've always I have worked with service based businesses, but I think that's probably the easiest way to explain a target audience, isn't it? Everything I do, I aim towards product based businesses. Yeah, it's not that when a service based business owner turns up and says, "Can you help me?" I'm like, "Nope, sorry." It, yeah, exactly. It is that, isn't it? And I think sometimes again, it is that thing of fear of thinking to people. When you start saying to people, oh, you need to define your target audience, you need to understand who you're selling to. I think people end up shying away from, oh, my God. But if I now say I'm only going to sell to pet brands, I can't I can't get out. I'm, I'm in that box again. Pigeonholed. Yeah, it is. But you're not. It's the same. Like you say, for me, I work with service and product based businesses. I probably predominantly work more with service based businesses. That's just because those are the types of people I attract attract more and I guess being a service-based business it connects better um but and within that there are certain industries I guess that I prefer to work with because of my personality of what I for example if it was content writing okay I could write about everything but I might not be as good at writing about telecommunications to pet brands because you know pets are I love my pets pets are my passion so I would much rather work with industries that I love because I know that I can give more value and I think that's it it's about like I guess just in your own head saying to yourself okay like these are the types of people I want to work with whether it's you know say a service-based businesses um what do I love I love pets so I want to try and aim towards that kind of industry but it doesn't mean that if a beautician comes along you're going to say no it just means that you may not enjoy that type of work as much or that's not so much your target audience but it doesn't mean just because you've said on paper or said to yourself I'm only working with this brand that you have to work with just that brand yeah and so for somebody, anybody that's listened to this that has kind of gone, okay, I'm probably stuck in that hamster wheel and I've never done that work. How do, how do, how would you recommend they start by defining who that target audience is? Yeah, so I guess, well, I guess for me, a big thing would be to say what you love. If there's certain aspects that you, like I say, if there's certain things you enjoy or certain industries you prefer, I would say write that down first because they're going to be the ones that you probably want to work with the most. 
Um, and again, understanding maybe if you want to, you know, whether you want to go specifics for just a service-based business or product-based businesses. So finding out really what you like, you know, having a, doing that kind of market research of looking at Instagram, seeing who you're following, go through your followers and think, these are, you know, this is someone I'd want to work with. And then I guess from that, narrow it down to the why of why do you want to work with those people? What is it that attracts you to those people? And equally, what value can you bring to those people? Because it's got to work both ways. You know, I could say to you, I really want to work with you because you're my target audience. But if you go, okay, well, what what are you going to give to me? And I go, oh, I don't know. Then it's not the right target audience. So there is that aspect of, you know, finding out who your target audience is in terms of who you like, who you enjoy working with, industries you love, but then checking in with those people and thinking, are these people whose problems I can solve? Are they people who I can give a solution to with my business? Is this someone who is going to buy this service or buy this product? that's where I guess I would probably start um and then I guess once you kind of understand the direction whether it's service-based product-based um and maybe if you know there's specific industries you want to work towards I would then like I say you start narrowing it down so you you look at say we go service-based we say that we want to work with female coaches we know that we can give them value because these people buy our serve, you know, we've got the solution to their problem in our services. And then I guess from that, it's looking at that person and thinking, who, you know, who are they as a person as such? Like, what are their pain points, habits, interests, and things like that? And not on a like, I always get the words, the two words wrong in this. I always say I'm like, they're so like similar. Um, but like not on a qualitative level in terms of like demographics in terms of age gender location because obviously as well some businesses might only want to work in you might be a business that only works in person so you you will have to think about that if you are an in-person business are you going to want to travel three hours to work with someone or are you going to keep it local within your community so that's your kind of quantitative information that you need to start understanding once you find out the people you want to work with so you know saying okay this person's a, you know most of the coaching industry is a female female based industry um I can I want to do my services online so location isn't an issue but maybe I just want to do it UK to make it more for time differences and then you want to once you start I guess narrowing down those basics you want to go into the qualitative I will say it qualitative I think it that's is. it that's it I always like say that word <laughs> out properly um it's just one of those words that like I'm tongue-tied almost um and then yeah and then that's the bit that you start going into the like I guess the nitty-gritty in terms of you know what are their like okay but you know what are their pain points and stuff that you can help with what are their problems that you can answer you know why is it that they would you know why is it that these coaches would buy your service what are the things that you're helping them with is it that 
these people are, you know, so busy that they haven't got the time to do that sort of work, that they need your help as a service-based provider. But yeah, I guess it's, they're the key things. But one thing I hate about target audiences and defining it, because, and I learned this in my marketing, you know, courses over the years, is how people say when you start defining your customer persona as such, they say you need to think about everything. And it's not about what sofa they've got or what colour lipstick they wear or, you know, oh, their hair's brown. So it must be all brown people with brown hair. That stuff's not going to help you. Like, that's not that's not going to give you anything. That's not telling, that's not... I mean, know. unless you're selling hair dye, of course. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it is that thing of... There is a fine line with target audience, I guess, um, and, like, the do's and don'ts, but it's just getting clear and understanding that person. So, like I say, starting from that top level of what you enjoy, who are the type of people you want to work with, maybe start narrowing it down that if you start finding yourself liking coaching people, maybe it's then you go into the direction of service-based businesses and then it's narrowing it down from that. Okay, you might have found 10 people that you think these people are the types of people I want to work with what do they all look like do they have similarities do they I think that's that's a really key point for me because I think the biggest bugbear I have on target audience stuff if you if you google (laughs) fucking hell it's like when you're it's like when you're sick and you google your symptoms and it comes up saying that you're going to die of stage four terminal cancer and you've just got a headache it's it's always the same it's they focus on demographics so in my head you know there's there's so many moving parts and unfortunately just like the majority of marketing the answer is always going to be it depends it depends on your business it depends on what you want it depends you know you've kind of you've absolutely nailed that and covered that and I think that's a great place to start because if you're not happy in you know, working with the people that you're working with, then you're not going to do it for very long and you're not going to be consistent about it. So don't even bother. But it's always about what's their age? Where do they live? How many kids do they have? Um, How much money do they make? What car do they drive? And truth be told, I couldn't give a shit about that stuff. I And it really, really, really irks me because it's, it's that kind of thing that the majority of my clients for sure get hung up on and they kind of go, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You don't need to know. Unless you're trying to sell them a car, do you really care what car they drive if you're trying to sell them kids' toys? Do you care? Because I certainly don't. And it's almost, it's the it's the other side of it that's not really talked about. It's the psychographic stuff. It's the, yeah. what do they care about? What, you know, what what makes them jump out of bed in the morning? What gets them excited? Where do they shop? Because if they shop in John Lewis and not Primark, then, you know, they probably care about two different things. They probably have a different yeah. kind of budget. And you just kind of start forming this, this person. But that kind of stuff, demographics is never going to give you. No, exactly. Okay, like you say, brilliant. We know that they're female. Does that mean that you're going to go and target every female? I mean, you could, but you might be there for a while. And and I'm sure. It's like, okay, like going back to kind of some of the examples that you've 
race because obviously I as I say like, I always focus on product race but if you were to think of like a salon and whilst I understand the importance and again it very much depends on your business the un- I understand the importance of you know if you've got a really specific target audience of you want to aim at you create a product that is aimed at uni leavers they're obviously a certain kind of age yeah if you're a salon that has an 80 year old lady called June at 10 o'clock and then a 21 year old who wants a completely wacky hairstyle how you talk to them is very very different in marketing speak so it depends on your business to how nitty gritty you need to go because how you talk to a 21 year old that wants blue hair and how you want so you talk to an 80 year old who wants a blue rinse it's probably very different but if you're not trying to target two ends of the spectrum why do you care yeah I just don't I don't get it and it really it honestly it drives me nuts yeah exactly the same I hated it when I had to do my marketing course and um I, like I remember my tutor kept coming back like you need to put an income in and I'm like why I don't need to put an income in what does it matter if this person earns ten thousand pounds to fifty thousand pounds you know they could earn two completely different figures but their way of living what they value could be exactly the same maybe they both value saving the planet so they're both still likely to buy the same product exactly it doesn't matter how much they earn exactly it is it is that it is and i think you've summed that up really well because it is about that value if someone really cares about something they'll make they they you know they'll do something to get that for you know for example if like the um thinking of the planet someone if people really care about the planet they're not going to then just like suddenly go oh actually i'm going to buy that plastic bottle instead of that tin one no okay maybe that money could come into it in the purpose of okay they might not be able to buy that tin one this week but they'll buy it next week but they're still going to buy it whether they buy it now or you know in a month's time their value is still the same of caring for the planet it just may take people longer or they may get there in different ways because of those things that are so-called you know finances and stuff like that but like you say they all want the same end goal yeah and that's actually let's use that example and run with it because i think with the world becoming a lot more eco-conscious and a lot more people using and kind of going that way every i tend to find with every power hour i always i always use that example because it's it kind of helps you understand to what degree you need to know people and this is like, I mean, I feel like I'm either going to get some hate for this comment or not. I don't, I don't know. But here we are. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. So <laughs> I always kind of say, when I do power hours, I, I don't know about you. You can obviously share your kind of experience with your clients. But it's worth remembering that not everybody can care about all of the things all of the time. We're we're just one human. We We only have the capacity to care about certain things. And whilst I think we can all probably agree that we don't want to see child abuse and we don't want to see world hunger and we don't want to see uh, climate change and all that kind of stuff, we can't all care about them to the same degree. Yeah. 
So there's always going to be that thing that you care about a little bit more than Susan does, yeah. right? So, and and the way I explain it, rightly or wrongly, is yes, I care about saving the planet. Yes, I care about you know future generations having a planet to 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 live on, and climate change and all that kind of stuff. Does it? Do I care about it enough to not buy a bottle of water? No. Yeah. So I care about it, and I make certain changes. But actually, my value sits higher with something else, like homelessness. So it's kind of worth trying to just really step back and reevaluate how in-depth you need to know somebody, because that should literally change your business. If you're trying to target me as a customer and you're spending 30% more on recyclable packaging because you think I care about it and actually I don't, then as a business, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. Like, would you do you find that that kind of it kind of comes down to that with clients? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I, I mean, I don't think I could add any more there in the respect of I think you've summed it up really, really <laughs> well. Um, it is that thing of sometimes it's that thing, isn't it? You can get so narrow minded about people and so. Like, I don't know, if you're kind of doing your market research, you might, like, see someone and think, oh, this is my ideal customer. And then, I don't know, they might do some, change something. And then you might think, oh, maybe they're not anymore. Well, they probably still are. It's just that point in their life, that's not such an, that's not such a priority. It doesn't mean that it's not still valued for them. It's just valued at a different time or in a different way. It's... And that's such a good point as well. People change. We all fucking change. Exactly. Don't, like, don't get so hung up on. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna target twenty nine year olds because that twenty nine is twenty nine year old in two years time is gonna be thirty one. Can they still be your customer? Probably because they probably still value the same things that you're selling. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that's it, isn't it? Again, back to the age thing. Just because, like, you might. That's a great thing in terms of you might have a customer that's twenty nine. So, you know, you might say to yourself, oh, my target audience is 21 to 30. So you're telling me that that customer who bought from you at 29, when they hit 31, you're not going to, and they come back to you, you're going to say, oh, no, I can't work with you. No, now. can't work with you. Sorry. Sorry. You're too old now. Too old. You're out. You're, <laughs> you're, part, of the, you're part of the overs category in X Factor. You're out. <laughs> Isn't it? It is that thing of, like... That person's value, that person's nature hasn't changed. They've just got older. That's it. That is literally it. And, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a two-word phrase that you've mentioned a couple of times, which I really want to touch on because I think it's probably the biggest downfall of every small business I've ever worked with. Market research. Yeah, market research. Love the word. Do, do, do any of your clients ever do market research? Because... <laughs> No, no, unless they come to me as a client. <laughs> so let's talk about it. What, you know, what is market research? Why is it so daunting? And how can somebody actually do so? What, you know, what is market research? What does it consist of? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different ways, I guess you could look at market research in terms of how you want to go about it. Um, but it is, it's in the name, it's research for your business, whether that is you know researching 
about, you know, if you're starting a business, whether it's researching whether this business could be something, it's researching if people are going to purchase that and, you know, if it's already out there, for example, or it's researching in terms of your audience. So like I say, going, if you've already got a business, going through your Instagram followers or who you follow and researching and looking through them and thinking about that thing of, are these people I want to work with? Are these people who are going to purchase from me? And also not being afraid. So many people, I think, when it comes to market research feel, I don't know, like they're hindering or something because, you know, if they maybe see someone on Instagram, they're like, oh, I really want to work with this person. They may think, no, I can't reach out to them though because they might not want to. Well, how do you know? Have you asked them? Like, how are you going to know if, that is your target audience if you haven't asked again that thing of you might think coaches are your target audience you may ask five of them and they might come back like no this isn't a service I would buy so you might feel surprised of okay I need to probably go back to the drawing board because these aren't the people I thought would be the people to to purchase but I don't know I think as well going on that point a little bit sidelined as I say it, I think the thing with that is people get scared that because in their head they go, I want to work with coaches, for example. If they then approach a coach and say, would you buy this service? And that person said no, they feel like their whole business has just stopped. It's just fear of rejection, isn't it? It is. It is that fear of rejection and thinking, oh my God, if this isn't the person, who's going to buy? Who is going to buy? And I know it sounds really daft, but I think... The thing for me with market research is, I think you're absolutely right, so many people are too scared to ask, but it's almost, at some point, you have to get past that point of taking shit personally, in that, yeah, all right, yourself, like me and you, we're self-employed, we work for ourselves, the buck stops with us, um, and, you know, real raw, honest truth moment, I had a breakthrough in therapy last week, because I was like, how did I used to get so much done when I was an employee and my therapist was like because the buck didn't stop with you now it's your responsibility yeah. I was like holy fuck <laughs> that's so true <laughs> like nuts but that was I, it took for somebody else to tell me that for it to make sense yeah. and I was just I just got caught up in taking it all too personally but actually the thing with market research is you know sometimes I tend to find that a lot of people start businesses because, you know, whether they hated their full-time job, went on maternity leave, didn't want to go back, circumstances changed, got made redundant. It's always that kind of generalist story that kind of links us all together. Um, And yet with market research, it's almost that thing that a lot of people avoid because they don't want to be told that they can't do the thing. And so you create a product, you create a service that you want, but until you validate that with other people, yeah. nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you their money. Nobody has to buy your thing because you decided you wanted to create it. Whereas yeah. I kind of feel like we should flip it in that we should be creating things because people are saying this is my problem. Exactly. Yeah, it is that, isn't it? It is that thing of saying, yeah, 100%. Like, it is totally that thing. And also, if you are creating a business, like you say, and you're, you know, you've created this thing and you, because you think it's out there, well, how do you know it's out there? 
Yeah. If you actually, like, well, yeah. How do you know? How did you know? Or how did you decide to create this thing? Like, do you think it's, do you think it's a case of like, oh, that person's doing it, so I'll do it as well? I think it is that. And I think people do get that. It's kind of like that imposter syndrome, isn't it? Of people get worried that someone's doing something different or better and we get kind of narrow-minded again of going it's that it goes back to that jumping on the hamster wheel and just yeah spinning around um because you just think that's the thing you have to do um but you don't and I think it is taking that fear away and just do you know what it's just doing it it's the same with market research it isn't like it can be daunting whether it's reaching out to people and asking them and you know you might reach out to 10 people with a form and only get three people back and you might think oh that's not the amount I wanted you know I want to get a good amount of research in but that you just find another 10 people just keep going just keep asking keep going and you know what you'll be so surprised about the responses that you would probably get I know when I did it for my own business when I kind of when I decided to create the business that I had consultancy and done for you services, I was like, they're two different people. They gotta be. But, and I was like, well, no, because they've both got the same problems. They just want to have those problems answered in a different way. And when I then started to figure out, okay, well, who are these people? You know, and like I said, I started with the what are the businesses and industries I want to work with? What are the ones that I love? And what are the ones that I could probably give more value to because it's stuff that I will enjoy writing about or researching about, for example. Um, and then, yeah, and then when I wrote, like created a form, reached out to certain people, I was like, wow, I've got this right. These people do want my services. Like, they do need help. And I think it then gives you that not fear of self-doubt or fear of failure because you've got the answers. You know that this... People have validated it, haven't they? Yeah, it is that thing of, at least then when you're going out there and you're creating content on different channels and things, you know that you're, you, you know, you're doing this for value. You're doing this for a purpose. You're not just kind of pitting stuff out there thinking, oh, are people reading this? Are people actually wanting this? you know people then want it you've got the answer there telling you these people want this service you know they might not be purchasing from you there but that's because they're not at that stage in life to purchase that service yet but it does give you that yes answer to know that your audience are there the people are there and that you have got a business that can give value and solve problems yeah I think one of the I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but genuinely, hand on heart, one of the best things I ever did when I launched Tea, the my group program, um, the best, hands down, I spent 18 hours on Zoom just talking to people. And in fact, let me change that. I wasn't talking to, I was listening to people. Yeah. Because I literally kind of said, what are you struggling with? What? Yeah. What, how, what really pisses you off? Yep. What really grinds your gears? What do you, on a day-to-day basis, what do you spend 90% of your time on that you wish you could just fucking get rid of? Yeah. And that is literally what tea was born out of. And some of the stuff that people were saying, although it wasn't kind of repeated, they would kind of say it in a different way. But actually, yeah. I used those that word, those words, that wording 
on sales page and Instagram captions. And hand on heart, I have no doubt about the fact that that's why I've sold so many places. Yeah, 100%. Because you're talking to them in the way that they have those problems. Yeah. It is that thing, isn't it, of going back to the word, I guess, strategy. I never really talk about doing strategy. I talk about it maybe in terms of saying about market research and stuff like that and, you know, defining your target audience or gaining clarity. Creating a plan, yeah. Yeah, great gaining clarity for your business on who you are. So I, I talk about it in a different way because they're the words that people understand. They're the words that when people read something, they're going to connect with it and go, wow, this is this is talking to me and aren't, you know, giving me the solution that I want. But that's because I've done that market research and I've got that information from people. If I didn't, like you say, find out who the people are that I'm targeting and actually ask those people if they're the right people I wouldn't have never got those words to be able to then put into context of stuff yeah it is crazy how important it is and I, th- I just think I just if nothing else if, if nobody takes anything else away from this just go and ask people questions and listen to them like don't please don't be scared to ask somebody a question because truth be told I think you'll be really 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 fucking surprised People love to talk about themselves. Yeah. Don't they? They just love to... And you don't... And you think... You kind of sit and think, well, I'm just going to be bothering them. Oh, but I'm doing market research. I'm getting the benefit from it. What do they get from it? And if, you know, if you are trying to target an audience that is run off their feet and has no time in the day, offer them a bloody Starbucks voucher or something. Like, it doesn't need to be much. But... Yeah. And also, sorry to jump in. Also, if there's that, like, thing of fear on bugging people start small in terms of I don't know like you're you're on your social channels every day like Instagram hello there's a question box is there use the polls use the features use them hit a question on there saying you know even things like if you're not sure I don't know if you're trying to make your services accessible but you're not sure if people would buy it as payment plans hit a poll there say what payment plans would you prefer there you go. There's your answer. You told them. Yeah. That's, it really doesn't need to be any more complicated than that, does it? Yeah. And I think that's it. If you feel like scared to go and ask people, maybe start small, get that confidence to think to yourself, wow, people are actually wanting this. Wow. This is the pain point that I thought. And then go from that, get that confidence and then go to maybe the next step of market research in terms of actually getting in contact with people asking those people having a chat with them sending them a form or whatever that may be but at least if you do it maybe in a small way it might give you that confidence to actually do it but either way just do it <laughs> just Please just do just it, do it. <laughs> yeah. not to be confused with the copyright of nike just so <laughs> yes. i don't want any lawyers letters today thanks <laughs> um so i've just realized the time i always find this podcast i can literally talk for fucking hours about anything i love it um so let's just maybe not recap but uh, could you give anybody that's listening maybe one to three things that they can take away from this and go and action and go and do yeah so i guess my points would be to 
find out what you know who it is you love working with then narrowing that, that person down to really get clear on who they are in terms of um, physiographics in terms of what are their pain points and things like that and then do your market research you know find the people you want to work with check and make sure that they are the types of people you want to work with and then ask them and if you don't know just literally ask please just ask i think that would be my three steps to target audience amazing thank you so much for your time amy for anybody that's listening that wants to find you follow you or work with you where can they do that yeah um my probably best place to be would be instagram which is amy underscore mango and wild marketing that is the place that you probably find me most most information links to website email everything else so all the fun stuff all the fun stuff stuff. and as always i will pop all of those links in the show notes below so that you can get to them asap and just as a shameless plug because we are uh recording this in december which feels nuts so actually i forgot happy new year how (laughs) happy new year everyone (laughs) (laughs) i completely forgot that at the beginning um market research is just one of the elements that we cover within t so if you are a product-based business t will be launching again asap uh we'll be launched we'll be running it through february so uh, i'll also pop a link in the show notes for that as well but make sure you go and follow amy check out her services especially if you want it done for you why the hell not um thank you so much for your time amy it's been an absolute pleasure to chat no thank you it's been brilliant Cool. I'll talk to you soon. Have a lovely rest of your day. See you later. Bye.